We're back. Welcome back to the self-love show. Good morning, self-lovers. We're so grateful for you. For those that tune in weekly, thank you. We are so honored to do the show for you. And for those that are new, welcome, welcome. And we have an amazing guest today that I'll get to in one moment, but I just want to inform you in case you're not aware, we are on Apple and Spotify, all the podcast platforms. So please go check us out like, share, subscribe. And also our YouTube channel is exponentially growing. And it's wonderful because that has the back end of like so many shows for the last more than two years. And so this is for you to resource and learn and deepen your understanding of self-love, right? Because it's this wide umbrella of how to explore loving ourselves more. And that means loving spirit and loving all, loving life, being fully engaged fully in love with who you are and we are, right? And so what a great opportunity this show and the blessings that come from this and all the connections made. So just really want to honor each each person that listens and each person that participates. Thank you. And so without further ado, I would love to introduce our guest today. Amazing guest. I'm going to read his bio right now. So we just want to welcome Andre. He's an incredible, incredible person and here to share his medicine today. So touch is one of the greatest ways we can connect to ourselves and others. In this offering, you will learn about different types of touch, practicing intentional giving and receiving, touching for your pleasure. Andre Lazarus is a certified intimacy, sex, and relationship guide trained surrogate partner, as well as sacred intimate with eight plus years of experience helping individuals and couples discover their intimate and erotic power. As a multi-sexual being experienced in consensual and non-monogamous dynamics, Andre's unique approach to sexuality, sensuality, and the bond people share make him a thought leader and knowledgeable practitioner. Andre specializes in erotic desire, sexless relationships, sexual trauma healing, erectile concerns, rapid ejaculation, BDSM, consensual non-monogamy, and more. So welcome, Andre. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you, Trish. I'm happy to be here. So I'd love to get into touch as a practice for, and, and what it means, well, let's back up. So, oh God, I knew I was going to go here. <laughs> you're doing great. I know. It's it's just, you know, when you're like, ah, you do the thing. Um, all of these people who watch and listen all the time know that I'm, I'm definitely looking at the lens through a sociological perspective. You know, I'm deep in these classes. I'm looking at, you know, um, I'm just looking at the world in a very different approach. And one of the things that I've been really looking at is how to love people better, which means like how to look at my internalized belief systems impressed upon me from society. And some yeah. of those things might be racist or sexist or aspects of self-harm or who knows, you know, like we've internalized. Mm -hmm. systems. So this is where I was going to say, this is where I knew I was going to go here because that's just where I'm at right now in my, my journey. And one of those things is, pleasure activism. Not only is it a book, but it's also um, really a foundational practice 
practices in a lot of bell hooks and a lot of different, um, um, we'll, we'll say it social, social scientists who, who are looking at all of these things. And so as we have learned to separate ourselves from our own pleasure, which is really part of our inherent humanness, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I want to start is not just, you know, like, cause I think that some people may be hearing your bio um, might be like, oh, this, this conversation is going to just be a sexual conversation. But I think that there's something deeper on the, the realm of touch embodiment and pleasure as the foundational practice of humanness. Mm-hmm. I'd love to start. So that's not yeah. a question. I'm sure you can take it away. Yeah, no. Um, well, first, thank you for sharing where you're at. And I, I consider myself a social scientist in some form or fashion. I love studying the human condition, not just in my body and the way that I move through life, but the way that I interact with other people as well. And while my bio might hint that we're going into what would be something more like physically embodied in a sexual realm, that's actually far from where I want to go in this conversation. Because when I talk about touch, there is this idea that we have to like get to a certain place for an experience to be successful or a certain experience to actually like check the boxes of what is going to be like super like exciting and it doesn't have to get to that point like you can touch yourself you can hold someone's hand you can you know perform a hug with consent and what that does to a human being's body if their nervous system is just all out of whack or their feelings of emotions that feel super ungrounded it can actually calm the body. So um, when it comes to touch for me, I really look at what it can do beyond just the actual physical act. How can that be carried on to the way that it permeates through the rest of our our day, our life? And um, when I started doing my work, I was realizing something you shared, Trish, like the way that societally we're supposed to like be seeing the world the way we're supposed to be seeing intimacy the way that we're supposed to be seeing connection is kind of in a very like singular lens or maybe sometimes binary it's like one or the other but there's this beautiful like gray space and um which is why like when i talk about like the art of touch like it really is it's an art form because with anything, the more you practice it, the better you're going to be at it. And what, how that manifests throughout your life and then the people you connect with is, you know, it can be earth shattering, but it's also breaking down the expectation of what it's supposed to be and how you're supposed to do it. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Yeah. Even this, like, I mean, people might be seeing that and be like, you know, what is that? But even you doing that and me, like mirroring that in some form or fashion, that's a connection point. Mm-hmm. That's that's me seeing you. Yeah. Describe what we're doing. 
because there's people who are listening on a podcast right now. Yeah. So um, Trish is just, she's wiggling her fingers, just some form of response to something that I was talking about. And my instinctual body was like, oh, I like that. I want to, I want to join her in that experience. So I started wiggling my fingers Uh and in some way, I'm, I don't want to speak for your experience, Trish, but what I was feeling was that was me connecting to you. That was me touching your energy from afar. And if we were in person, you know, and I actually wanted to physically do that, I would obviously be having a consent conversation with you. But from this space, I was able to, in a way, attune to some form of feeling that you were having. And that was mine. So um, it's really amazing when we can see touch beyond a physical connection. But in this conversation, I really want to talk about how touch physically touching ourselves, someone else can help to really bring more groundedness to sometimes a very ungrounded world. Um, And I'll speak from my experience. I've had a lot of, you know, different forms of, you know, challenging traumatic experiences in my life. And when I was able to feel the power of my own connection to my body through the way that I help to calm myself, even what I'm doing right now, like holding my arms, giving myself a hug. It's so amazing what that can elicit in, in me. And there's some, I think there's some negative connotation to the idea of like touching oneself or the way that we interact and touch others, that it's something that should be like behind closed doors, that it's something that you should only be doing with like one person and anything else is like, how dare you? Or I can't believe I saw your partner. I saw your husband, your wife, you know, hugging someone else or kissing someone else, you know, (laughs) and, you know, should, is that allowed? Is that something that should be, you know, acceptable in this world? And my answer is within the bounds and the guidelines of any relationship, of course it is like that. Those are beautiful human connections. We are living, breathing, feeling beings. And to deny to your point, Trish, earlier, to deny that aspect of that fundamental humanness that we are will then create these ripple effects of the way that we do other things in life and start restricting ourselves and making ourselves smaller rather than just like lifting up our chest and feeling like confident to walk through our individual journey and not feel censored and not feel shame and be bright. So, um, yeah, I, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this subject. Um, and there's a place where I wanted to talk about, um, the element of, you know, giving and receiving because. Well, let's, let's hold yeah. on to that for just a second. Cause I want to go back to a place where you said attuned. And, and I think that this is a really important, like this is um, when you first started is that 
there's a, a specific thing that has happened in, in our culture or historically that touch has become like, you know, in, in normal his or okay. Society teaches us some really crazy things that you're supposed to be a sexual being, but you're also not supposed to be sexy and, and mm. or, or things like that, but that all touch is, is somewhat aspects of sexual. So mm-hmm. it's like, like we've, we've correlated touch with this thing that's, yeah. that's meant for certain people and there's guidelines and rules around relationships and religion. And I mean, there's a whole lot of wrapped up into this idea of touch and some of it has come, I mean, and, and we're, we're very, like, I'm just noticing, especially in the news and in the way that we move is that there's not a lot of attuned touch there's there's a lot of forceful touch or there's a lot of non-consensual touch there's a lot of hyper consensual touch you know mm-hmm. that kind of like maybe robotic sometimes there's a lot of like um or there could be you know there's there's a lot of just misattuned touch and what i mean about attuned touch is that even when i'm touching myself am i am i honoring what my body wants like if if i'm like you know sitting in the shower or, you know, and I'm on a, like, I'm going on a date and I'm like, I need to scrub my skin and I'm, and I'm, my skin's like sunburned or something that's misattuned to my own needs. Like my body, my mm-hmm. skin's like, oh, don't do it. And I'm like, scrubbing my skin <laughs> like, or, or misattuned touch where we like force little kids to hug our, their grandparents mm-hmm. that don't want to hug, which teaches some whole other weird stuff, you know? Or if I'm like at Dawn Light's house and, and I'm, like needing touch and she's not, she's like angry at me. She's never angry at me, but she's like angry at me. And I'm like, I need hugs now. And she's like, I don't want to touch you. And then she'll force herself to hug me, which is like now an aggressive, like again, this is hypothetical and that doesn't happen. So the, I'd love to just shift um, and ask a little bit about what a touch is and what it's, and to, you know, just point it to Don for a second. It's like, what would that look like to you? I mean, you're a mom and you've got a whole like 20 year marriage and tell me a little bit about like the experience of a tune touch in, in like raising a family and having kids around and gosh, during COVID even like, just what does that mm-hmm. look like? What did touch look like for you? Well, we're, we're a very like huggy touchy family like we've all we're both all all three of us are very snuggly we love to be in the bed and snuggle together and it's a very important piece to our expression of love and with each other and so it's just the sweetness of like even when I'm in bed maybe before my husband or vision and I are asleep and he'll come in and touch us and like say prayers while we're sleeping and like touch us you know and it's just that co-regulation that takes place of knowing like there's some part of me even though I'm asleep is gratitude have has gratitude that he's home I feel safer now knowing that he's he's traveled safely and made it home you know what I mean like when he's working and it's such a sweet it's such a sweet way of relating to one another it's just like you know I'll I'll touch I'll pet vision and I'll I'll be like good morning I'll rub his back in the morning time and I'll tell him it's going to be a great day you know and this will happen in the car on the way to school you know and I'm I'm giving him praise and acknowledgement letting him know like you know hey you got this it's going to be a great day no matter what happens 
you know, and it's just the simple, simple things like we hold hands and, you know, like he was really happy to hold my hand the other day and like swing his arm really like, you know what I mean? And he was just expressing himself that way. And I was doing it with him. Like, you know, it's just the simple way of being a family and sharing that affection. It, we don't hold back from that. It's very deep bonding intimacy. And I find that it it's very healing for all of us. Yeah. I, to that, I, I first thank you for sharing that. And I really resonate with the family dynamic of it being part of what's been baked into how you all interact. I feel very fortunate that I had a similar upbringing, that I had parents who hugged us, who kissed us. Like I used to, I kissed my dad on the mouth and I used people at school. I remember being young and being like, Ew, that's gross. You're kissing your dad on the mouth. And to me, I'm like, I don't, I don't see what's wrong with that. I I don't see because it's not something that's sexualized in our home, but because there's a lot of exterior influence of if you kiss someone on the mouth, that means there's something more. There's something that is now in a this box of not family, not friend, and more expectation, so to speak. So I completely resonate with the fact that you feel this sense of calmness when it's someone that you care about, someone that you feel safe with. I think touch and safety are go hand in hand. That when someone comes home and you know touches you and like bases you like says good night or like lets you know that they're there, your body goes into this state of just calmness and release and and feeling held. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's plenty of people in the world that don't have that experience who were not raised in a home that that allowed for that type of touch whether it be from societal other other reasons perhaps even like religious reasons but um and it's how can we as the individuals who have been able to have that kind of upbringing share our experience not really again not saying one way is better than the other but if you had an experience where you didn't have a type of upbringing and you're wanting to find more connection to yourself, to others in forms of, for instance, like safe and consensual touch, then talking about it the way that we're talking about it right now as examples. Mm -hmm. Um, Nervous system regulation is easiest I mean, there's other ways to do this, but it's it's significantly easier when you're co-regulating with another person who's safe and calm. So babies will automatically, if you put them on your chest, will automatically start breathing with you. And it really is that touch can calm or even um, presence to another person. So if I'm like sitting in a, in a room physically with you, my mm-hmm. energy will start to match because we're, we're looking for homeostasis, right? Yeah. It it really is that you know as a professional cuddler I that's what it is is like holding people people need to be held to calm their nervous system to be felt like they're connected and safe with someone who mm-hmm. is 
did you know, I mean, I don't know the statistic, but it's that I think that like little old people get maybe touched like once a month. I mean, it, it is something I, remember, I know you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know the statistic, but it's something pretty harrowing. Right. And it's like, yeah. how could we as a society shift the way that we think about touch? Again, it takes us living in integrity and protecting mm-hmm. everyone from, I don't know, um, agendas, we'll call it, but it, it would be like, how important is it for, for Dawn to be touched by her family? Mm-hmm. Super important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, yeah, and two, oh, go ahead, Dawn. I was going to say it, it regulates my nervous system and it regulates theirs. Like touch is my husband's love language, you know? So he's, he's like completely made it known to me that like, don't leave the bedroom without like, you know, an acknowledgement <laughs> warning, like a kiss. And it's not from a place of I have to, it's a, it's a, Oh, that's your need. And I really hear that. And I want to give you that because I love our connection and, and so it's a, it's a sweet thing. Like, cause I'll get up and go to my office and bring my candle and like, you know, I'll sit at my altar. It's in my office and have a meditation moment before they even wake up. But I need that quiet centered space for myself. So I'll leave the bedroom. But even before I do that, I'm like, I'll pet him or I'll acknowledge him, you know, and like, it's just the simple, sweet, good mornings, like things that happen that I'm just using that as one example but it, I know that it regulates their nervous system just as much as it regulates mine. Yeah, and something you said about like you wanting to, and while he might have a need that you have the choice to be in that space and hold him in that need or that want, mm-hmm. but you also have a choice and a voice to say, I hear that this is something that you're needing or wanting right now, and you might not be in the space to want to provide that which is perfectly okay and natural. And to your point, Trish, around like, you know, some people just wanting to be held or touched like as a professional cuddler, that there isn't an expectation when you are holding that person or feeling that person's energy that they either have to reciprocate or that it has to go farther than where that touch went in a a cuddle space. Um, And that's where... I feel there's a lot more education that we all can do to include myself, that there isn't this pressure of this, this thing started, whether it be a handhold, a hug, a cuddle, even a kiss, that that means now we just keep escalating and escalating until, you know, something might not feel comfortable because we just like let things get out of hand that, it's really important in any form of touch that there's this consensual desire from both sides. And if you're not feeling that, if you're being touched in a way that doesn't feel good for you, that you can stop that and speak up about that and do it in a way that, you know, it feels safe to you. So, um, and that's that's where that giving and receiving comes in. Um, I, I want to make a distinction here because I, I think it'd be important, especially how there's there's some nuance in our conversation today around. Um, I, I think that there we're we're really sort of teasing the definition 
out of what touch looks like and that mm-hmm. there's, there's like specifically sexual kind of touch. And then there's more like platonic touch and how society is kind of, um, sort of woven both of those together and kind of like muddled it that when, when you do say desire, I also hear like the, the desire to not desire as in like a, a, a desire that's purely erotic or, or a, even at all erotic. Like it could be desire, yeah. just want the, the heart longing want for. Um, and, and what's coming up for me now is that I've, I've been really sick for a few months and that has brought up a lot of just fear in my body, a lot of fear, a lot of scared, a lot of like, oh my gosh, I just want to know that I'm not alone. It's kind of made me scared to live in my body in some ways. And I'm deeply desiring to be held. You know, that my body is like, I want to like, you know, have someone hold me tenderly and just not like my desire is to be held tenderly and not have it have an agenda of something else Mm -hmm. just to know that I'm safe with other people who will hold me and know that I'm there with them together. Does this make sense? And I think that this is incredibly common and unspoken desire or want. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, and thank you for that, Trish. If you're open to sharing, if, that's something that you ask for when you want that. I do. And there's sometimes it might be so specific, like the desire and how I want it, that some people can't meet that. Hmm. Or, um, you know, actually just to be really honest about my own process is that there's been moments where I haven't quite created the setting that I, I needed for that. Like there's, you know, like I'm, I can feel my body leaning in for more um, connection in this Mm -hmm. sense. And maybe it's not the right person or maybe it's not the right space or container. Um, And I'm also noticing that in some other connections that because that element isn't there, it doesn't feel as nourishing. Hmm just because of the the place that I've been in around it. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know where that place is and, and, but I just want to celebrate the fact that you are asking for it and it might not always feel like the perfect moment or the perfect person, but that when you're having that feeling, you're, you're, doing your best to not expect the other person to be reading your mind to say, right now, I really need someone to just hold me as tight as possible and no one's doing it. Like, what's going on, people? Can't you see that I'm needing that right now? But there's a lot of, there's a good amount of people that have these expectations, especially in partnership. I've been with this person for five, 10, 20 years. They should be able to read my mind and know when I just need to be held or I need my hair stroked or I need my forehead kissed. And I'm speaking for myself. I can't read my partner's mind as much as it'd be lovely at times. I don't know if I want to know everything that's going on in there, but there is something about when she lets me know 
or when I let her know, I'll speak for myself, when I let her know, I'm feeling super anxious, I'm about to go into this thing, and I just, can you, I'm going to lay on the ground, would you mind just tickling my back? Would you mind just like putting your weight on me? Rather than me expecting I'm on the ground now, why is she not like coming over and touching me? So I really, I, I celebrate the fact that you are doing that for yourself. Um, and I hope that people who are watching or listening are thinking about ways that they can improve upon this if they're having challenges in that. Hmm. Heart sign. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have to remember to, to share that. So I, I put my hands up into a little heart saying, yes. I love this. Yes. Heart, heart. And I, and I'm joining you. <laughs> and to, to that point, actually, Trisha, I think this is a great way to segue into a really beautiful way, tool, exercise for you, myself, Dawn, others to help yourself self-regulate or help yourself receive that touch. Because there are some times when we really want that, we really want that from someone else and it might not be available to us for any number of reasons. So when we can actually provide that caring, nurturing experience for ourselves, we know how to find that regulation point and then when we have partners who are wanting to join us on that journey, um, we can also kind of teach them the ways that we like that touch or the way that we like that, that way of being held. But we don't, it's not a requirement to have it from someone else. We can do it to ourselves. And um, so this is a, this is a great way um, to be able to tune into your own body, to be able to find that centering, calming body regulation all on your own. And this might be something that doesn't work for you and that's okay. Now you know that there's one element of something that doesn't work for you. So now you get to go out and try other exercises and tools. But if you're in a place of needing a little bit more care, some form of touch embodied experience, and you're by yourself, give it a try. So um, I call this exercise touching for your own pleasure. Um, and we'll, we'll do it for about 10 minutes. But what the point of this exercise is finding out exactly, and I'll raise my hand so for those who are unable to see, what I'm going to be doing is exploring my body through touch, sensation. And I'm actually going to close my eyes. And as I'm touching my arm with my hand, I'm exploring what it's like to just feel sensation 
And you can do this skin on skin. You can bring in other forms of fabric or toys or um, hot and cold sensations. But this is a way that you get to touch yourself And as I'm doing this, I'm also tuning into what's happening inside of my body. So I'll speak what's happening. So I'm exploring different sensations of touch. I'm using the front of my hand, on my forearm, on my chest. I'm taking my fingers and I'm scratching, running them slowly along my thighs. I can feel my body getting warmer, my heart's starting to beat faster. I really like my face, so I'm touching my face exploring my lips. And I'm tuning into also where my mind is. Am I thinking about the rest of my day? Am I imagining a lover, my partner? Am I fantasizing? The beauty of this exercise is there's no one way and there's no right way. But when you can start to explore areas of your body that might not always receive touch or have the same type of exploration, you start to find new things that turn you on. Also parts of your body that might be ultra sensitive and you're like, oh, I don't know if I like that. And for me, I love feather touch, but if it's too feather, like too feathery, like when I say feather light on my forearm, like right now I'm touching my forearm. Like there's a point where it's just like, ooh, it's like a little bit too much for me. And now I I know that. And when I'm sharing touch, whether it be platonically or in an intimate setting with a partner or lover, I can now let them know where I might have sensitivity or where I might find more enjoyment fulfillment.
And the reason I call this exercise touching for your pleasure, or in this case, touching for my pleasure, because we're often in a state of performance when we're connecting with a partner. We want to be someone who's desirable. We want them to feel good. We want them to enjoy what we're giving to them because we'd like to keep them around or we'd like them to come back for more. And in doing so, we can sometimes disconnect from our fulfillment, our enjoyment. So this is called touching for your pleasure because the idea is to find out what you enjoy in this experience. I really like my biceps, my chest. my lips as well. So this is something that you can do for five minutes, 10 minutes. You can make an evening of it, light candles, put on music, and just take time loving yourself. And when you can really hone this, and make it something that is exhilarating and super embodied for you. You can then bring this practice to partnership. And it doesn't have to go beyond this. You can have your clothes on. You can enjoy the touch and sensation without touching erogenous zones on the body. I actually encourage that when you do this for the first few times is explore parts of your body that are not your heightened erogenous zones. What does it feel like when you just like rub the tip of your, I'm rubbing the my elbow right now with a finger. Like in this moment, this, does absolutely nothing for me. It's, I feel it, but it's not something that I enjoy. But when I go just, when I go like a couple inches below that on my tricep and I actually use my forearm to touch my tricep rather than my fingertips, that's a really nice sensation. I think I'm probably going to stop now so I can come back. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is a great way for you, for anyone to tune into themselves in that time of need. If someone isn't there to, to be that, to be that touch experience for you, you can actually do it yourself. Hmm. I love that. I'm feeling 
really like it feels really sweet to sort of self-source the the touch um I'll just leave it there for now. Thank you for giving our viewers an understanding of what self-sourcing through like lovingly loving touching your body is, you know, because there's might be some viewers out there that don't know this and don't have never experienced it. So great, great modeling. Thank you. And I, I kind of came up with this through the interaction I've had with clients when asking about how often they might be touching themselves or giving themselves love, whether it be an energetic love or actual physical sensation, you would be surprised how many people don't, or maybe you wouldn't be surprised, but there's a, and also to myself, like you only know what you know, and we're constantly learning and educating myself. So if you asked me if I was doing this 10 years ago, I would tell you very infrequently, if not at all. So there's no point where it's too late to start to learn more about your own pleasure, your own desire, your own self-soothing you know, tools and exercises. Great. Great opportunity to explore it, you know, and give people to an opportunity to think out of the box with how to source their own connection with their body and like feel the sense of love with their own touch, you know, and just like that nice feeling of just like, you know, hugging yourself. Like it's, it's a sweet, it's a sweet thing. Mm. Honor your body. You know, our bodies have, have their own, <laughs> thing going on like it's it's running on automatic and it but it does it does need it craves like that feeling of connection and you know I know what it's like I mean I'm married and I I have a partner who's always wanting touch you know in such a lovely way and that's so beautiful to have I'm so grateful I have that in my life and you know so grateful to be with someone that wants that and wants to give it and wants to receive it like it's so beautiful. Mm. I'm glad you have that. I'm so thankful for it. And it matches my own, you know, um, innate need and desire because, you know, I mean, I grew up in a household where my mom was very, like, very, you know, always hugging me, always, you know, acknowledging me and giving me a praise and acknowledgement. So I grew up feeling, you know, and I was always a hugger. Like, I always loved to hug people. I never had an issue you know, anybody that knows me knows I hug people. Like that's just who I am. Like anybody that's my friend knows this. Like they, I'm always a hugger and just like, or, you know, shoulder rub or like a handhold or any of this. I was a massage therapist for like six years of my life and, uh, or a little longer, I would say, but, um, this is back in the day, but yeah, like I really enjoyed, you know, and it was so soothing to see clients come in at that point in time and receive massage and, and feel the glow of like that healing touch, like healing touch is a thing. It's very important. Can you share a little bit more about how people find you and what you're doing? And um, 
yeah, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I have a website uh, which is coming-closer.com, and on there you can learn a little bit more about the different offerings I have in the work that I do. So as you mentioned in my bio, um, I have a few offerings. So I, I have my my intimacy coaching. I'm also a surrogate partner in surrogate partner therapy, and I also do sacred intimate work. So um, there's what I've found in my years of doing this work that everyone is at a different point in their journey. And some are at the very beginning of self-discovery, and some have been doing this for 20 years and looking for new ways to tap into that understanding, being their own like social scientist. So. Um, I've enjoyed just adding, uh, you know, what is it, quivers to my to my uh, my arrow or my arrow to my quiver, um, and I also have an Instagram which is coming closer with Andre, and on there I do um, I provide some exercises, tools similar to what we, we just did there, and I also bring in my partner, and we share about our journey through consensual non monogamy. Um, and just, again, our experience, there's nothing that I share or anything that I'm doing that hasn't been done before or hasn't been, you know, we're passing on knowledge. This is while we might put our own like unique spin on things. This is all like things that we've been like learning throughout our life. And we, we owe it to the people before us who help to like create these places where we could do these in a way that we're safe or ed- be able to have the fortunate ability to educate ourselves in a, in a safe way. And I try my best to, to honor all of the, all of the experiences and all the people who helped me to where I am today. Um, I could not have been where I am without the help and support of uh of teachers of friends of family members so um anything that i share anything that we go into in the work that i i do is just one way and one experience and it's important for you to find out exactly what works for you and um and then continue to share and for dawn and trish what you're doing with this show in your own individual work as well is so needed and important in this world to be able to share and spread the message of love, self-love. Um, because what I feel, and this might be completely idealist of me, but when we are having a more loving, embodied, connected world, I believe that we can heal a lot of the anger, the fear, the sadness that is going on and it might take way beyond our lifetime but if we can affect one person in some of the work that we do and then they can affect someone else at least we're we're making our dent mm-hmm. lovely i i also believe that too is that um embodiment is a huge key to transforming any amount of trauma and getting back into the body is is crucial is is a critical essential place to 
not only transformation to healing, to listening to, you know, the codependency work that I do to the men's work that I do because men are socialized not to feel or not to be in their bodies, not to actually Mm. distinguish between what's theirs. And, you know, there's, there's a lot I can go into it again, but it's to know. I really truly believe that our bodies are constantly telling us the most subtle things, the most subtle information. It's giving us access. And part of embodiment is, and part of cultivating embodiment practices is also part of really developing intuition skills because the body has an innate knowing. And this is why many of us in the world are now studying not only attachment theory, but also, um, nervous system regulation and, and the body is, is literally pointing to, you know, our emotions and our, the physical sensations that we have are literally pointing Mm. to deeper internal truths and our intuition, even Mm. that trauma. (laughs) So yes. Well said. Thank you, Andre, for your time and your energy and your work in the world very important. Thank you both. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Would you like to share anything, Don? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> thank you for the invitation. Um, first, I want to say thank you, Andre, for being on the show and sharing your medicine and sharing your light in the way you help others. It's so beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm very grateful to have you on the show and experience what you're all about in your life journey. It's beautiful. Um, and for those women out there that are seeking greater expansion with trust and reclaiming a place where you have lost trust, possibly in your relationship, or um, maybe it's been an issue from childhood, or, you know, you're just wanting to expand your whole relationship with self and trust in self, then come on over. We have an amazing group. We love to have you. There's great resources and tools in there. And it's just a wonderful beautiful heart centered group of women that are, you know, showing up to life and giving it all, giving their all. So we'd love to have you. Yay. (laughs) Um, There's a lot in that group and, and Don, you cultivate it so well. Um, I want to thank you both for, for just showing up in the world. I know that sometimes even showing up to a podcast can be hard and Andre, we've been talking for many, many months in, in <laughs> finding a way to actually yeah. speak together. And and it's so important the work that that each one of us do, including the people who are watching and listening, whether you're, you know, starting on your journey of self-love or whether you are a coach or a therapist or maybe just following along to gain the free tools and the free coaching every week. And wherever you are, this is like, good job. I just want to, I just want you to know, good job. Even if you're like, F this show. (laughs) (laughs) You know, even that, like just where you are is, is the the greatest place is that you're just there. And I honor you for just showing up to whatever you are all showing up to. Cause sometimes that is the hardest, most challenging place. 
And I just want to shout out to the people who are watching and listening now and downloading the podcast and, you know, on YouTube and all of the places. Like, thank you so much for just showing up. Not only I, I know that it probably benefits you, it also really benefits us and, you know, all of our guests work in the world and it really builds the, the community, right? So thank you all for showing up. And I want to thank Sign Network and Love Coach Academy, Global Peace Tribe, Scott Katamis and Love Coach Academy for being just epic muses and um, for really showing us out in the world. And thank you for, you know, I just want to give a big shout out to someone who makes this show really amazing. And that's Roy, um, my assistant, who is, I don't know, he does so many things and he's amazing. And I just want to like give him some love because he works so hard. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Roy. (laughs) All the graphics. You know, I used to do it myself, but now he does it so I can go to school. (laughs) Thanks, Roy. (laughs) Um, We love you and we're sprinkling you with epic love. So we also want to thank uh, Goddess Alchemy Project for our bumper song. Yeah. Yes. I was moving and grooving listening to that, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. It's by Goddess Alchemy Project. So I just wanted to say thank you again to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll see you all next Thursday, same time, same place. And maybe you're not listening to it um, on Facebook or YouTube. Maybe you're listening somewhere else. So whenever you get it, we'll see you again next time. Yeah. Have a really wonderful week. Bye. Bye.